Hi, this is Julie. And I'm Lisa. And welcome back to Two Sober Chicks 2020. Is this the first one we've done for 2020? I yes. think it is. Wow. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. What did you do? It's amazing. Oh, um, I celebrated with our friend Karen. So my friend Karen and her wife Sue came over and uh, we had a nice night of just eating whatever the fuck we wanted. Lovely. <laughs> yeah. So my wife made a huge homemade lasagna. I had gone crazy with the cheese platter and the cheese tray. Mm. So we had all kinds of, oh, you know what I love is like taking a nice one of those um, Rain Coast specialty crackers. Yeah, you had those with the yes. cranberries in them mm-hmm. and stuff. And then some sort of specialty cheese. Like I love blue cheese. Mm. And so I'll put blue cheese on there. And then I had a mango uh, peach chutney. Beautiful. Um, and then a sprinkle of sea salt. And then something like a nice uh, sliced meat cured meat like a little piece of prosciutto or something like that it was so delicious beautiful yeah and then chips because i'm a chip junkie okay so and that was my you know my binge night basically Mm -hmm. i binged so i had a food hangover the next day okay for sure yeah so we just ate a lot we played some games my wife had to work the next day at eight o'clock so she actually went to bed i think at 9 30 oh fun which is hilarious because when i look back on it 9 30 used to be my pre-drinking time before you know mm-hmm. going out for the party and uh, i actually got a text message from an old friend you met him at my wedding adam mm-hmm. and he was like i'm remembering the fond memories of going down and visiting you while you were tripping balls in the basement on new year's <laughs> eve at some house party we were at i'm like well i'm glad they were a memories for someone and b fond for you because mm-hmm. <laughs> they were not for me yeah what a night of terror <laughs> self-induced you know, that's what mm. we do as alcoholics. We, I did that to myself. Very true. Yeah. Once I started drinking, it's like, oh, you're offering me this? I don't know what it is. Why sure. not? I know. It's so insane. So fucking crazy. Yeah. So anyway, I'm so happy that, um, and still there's a little bit of weirdness when people ask me what I did for New Year's, right? Because they always start with, oh, did you get wasted for New Year's? Or did you oh, overdo God. it for New Year's? Nope. A little bit on the food. Overdid it on the food. Mm -hmm. What did you do for New Year's? I think you had a nice night with your cousin. I did. And something very interesting happened at dinner. So we went to my favorite Indian restaurant, both of our favorite Indian restaurant. Mm -hmm. And then she came over. I've started working on puzzles. So I did some puzzles as we flipped between channels of the New York, the ball dropping in New York. Oh, yes. But what happened at dinner, which very much surprised me was I know the manager, you know you've been somewhere a long time when you're on a first name basis with the manager, yes. which I am, Monpreet. And Monpreet likes me, and so when I go, he's like on me, right? He's very good. Well, not like that. It's like a, some a Indian, free lap dance? Some Indian sausage with your food, miss. Um, so he brought over two glasses of champagne, oh. and he said, Happy New Year. And I didn't say, oh, I don't drink. I said, oh, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. And then my cousin looked at me and went, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm not going to drink it. No, you're going to drink it. You're going to drink it. <laughs> and she's like very excited because who isn't, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? To, but she had also just taken a Tylenol 3. <laughs> oh, so boy. I was like, are you sure? Anyways, I am the forevermore uh, DD. Everybody loves a designated driver. For sure. Not the drunk driver. 
And he came back to the table and said, oh, you don't like the champagne? And I didn't say, I don't drink. I said, slowly but surely. And I don't know why I had that response. Mm. Maybe it was gratitude. Maybe I, because I don't feel bad about it. Right. Like if he were to say, can I get you a complimentary drink? I would say, I don't drink. Yeah. Oh, I would say, you know what sure, else I'd I did too? Espresso. That's, That's smart. Complimentary drink. Because they do have a non-alcoholic cocktail list that I love. Yeah. You know what I just remembered in telling you this story too? I smelled it. I picked up that glass of champagne and I smelled it. Yeah. And I went, <gasps> oh my God. I haven't smelled champagne in probably almost 10 years. It's a body trigger for and sure. And yeah. it, it was so powerful. Now, it wasn't that I was going to drink it, but I shouldn't have even gone that far. Yeah. This is why we talked, we did a whole podcast on why near beer or non-alcoholic drinks are for non-alcoholic people. They're not for us. Because yeah. that whole, it just triggers something. That scent. I mean, smell, they say, is one of the most powerful things to help stimulate your memory too, right? When I tasted it when I smelled it. Yes. When you're studying, they say eat chocolate when you're studying. because, And then when you go to your exam, take chocolate hmm. and eat chocolate because it will... It's like an imprint. Yes. So I'm not surprised that yeah. you had that. Now, mind you, after that moment, I never thought about it again. You're fine. Haven't thought about it until this very moment. It's because you're six years sober, not six months Perhaps. Which is why near beer is very shitty for people in early recovery. We think yeah. that it's going to be, oh, here, have this instead. Or even just being in drinking culture. At yeah. least at first, just don't do it. Just avoid it. Yeah. Like somebody who's had eye surgery and needs to be out of the sun for a while or sprains an ankle and doesn't walk on the ankle for a while. Like just, you're in early recovery, respect it. It's nice to be at that place now where these things are not problems for us anymore. I know. Like when you are new and you're in early recovery, um, Christmas and New Year's are terrifying. Yeah, because you got to get some under your belt. And it doesn't mean that you and I won't have a terrible, very triggered holiday or event. Mm -hmm. But at the beginning, you have to be so careful because you're still a baby. I'm laughing because we're going to do a podcast on the word triggers and now we can't stop saying the word triggered. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be an angry podcast. We, I don't know. Maybe we should even get into it now. There was something you actually said earlier that I wanted to comment on okay. too. All right. You called yourself a chip junkie. So oh, yes. I know. I think we're living – well, this is just going to go into the trigger podcast. So All right. We, You're listening to Julie and Lisa of Two Sober Chicks, and now we're on to topic two. Yes. Yeah. The trigger podcast. Um. And this is the way it is with us, right? Like we're unscripted. We don't have an agenda. It's stream of consciousness. If we pick a topic, it's literally 30 seconds before we get on the mics. There's no written, well, you can tell that by listening. There's no written script. We don't have directors. We don't have producers. Um, We we, don't edit. No, we make a, the only edit I do is at the beginning or the end to take out maybe a breath before we begin talking and then that's it. Yeah. Um, We make a pot of tea and we're, it's two sober chicks sitting down talking about mm. recovery which is exactly what it is we've just put some microphones in front of us and recorded it yeah so all right continue. so you said you were a chip junkie yeah now I find we are in an outrage society I heard someone once talk about our obsession with being offended is called outrage porn oh. everybody's offended and emailing this person you can't and it's so sensitive around language that we've taken something that is supposed to be respectful of human beings and scared the shit out of everyone yeah So 
I personally do not find it offensive when they when we are called a group of drunks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say, oh, I'm my OCD wouldn't let me sit down without cleaning the kitchen. I will say I'm a worship junkie. Yes. And that's all nice and fine. But I saw a woman on a um, Instagram live the other day who had OCD talk about how it's so inappropriate, like people with OCD, it's no joke and we can't be throwing that around. And it made me think of our fellowship and how we call ourselves drunks and junkies and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know if what you think about this whole like over the top sensitivity and especially when it comes to stuff like trigger warning it drives me nuts I write poetry and I post on Instagram and I'm so tired of like trigger warning because if we if there is such a thing as trigger warning in 12-step rooms we could say nothing well we'd still be drinking our stories are an entire fucking 20 minute long trigger alert our shares in closed meetings are trigger alert we talk about not predominantly because it's not group therapy but we talk about abuse and trauma and the shit blackouts and you know whatever (laughs) when we're high and drunk like i got high i got (laughs) drunk i I was drinking a 64 or whatever you call it so i wanted to know how you feel about that (laughs) i think it's trigger warning yep pussy <laughs> grow up pussies that's, that's why we have this uh explicit warning on our podcast maybe a little bit for the swearing so you know you know you not to listen to it with your four-year-old in the car yeah because you're gonna hear fuck shit bitch we oh. should actually call each other ball sacks when it comes to that because pussies are tough motherfuckers that's right they birth children they stretch who was it back. i was watching a comedian who said oh it was pink yeah she said just one little pinch to a ball sack and you fall to the ground so instead of saying pussy we should be like you ball sack that's right it's got a real bad rap yeah yeah it's it is not a tough weak. thing i heard a comedian years ago say um what else do you know on this god on god's green earth that can bleed for seven days <laughs> and live <laughs> it lives and pass human skulls through it <laughs> And not be like permanently just all your organs fall out of your body after that. Exactly. I, yeah, that's right. So. We, should call, we should call each other tough pussies. That's right. I'll just remind or, everyone I know not to listen to this podcast. Or if um, or if you're weak, we're going to call you a ball sack. Hey, I like it. Me yeah. too. So are you triggered? <laughs> Anybody triggered out there? <laughs> if not, don't email us. Talk to your sponsor. Mm-hmm. I love that line. Yeah, so we had talked about this, I think, a couple times just privately, and I just find it absolutely ridiculous because it takes me back to a little bit like how I used to be when I first came into the rooms. I was very, very oversensitive. Guess what? That's part of my problem. I had to learn how to get over myself because this program is uh, about learning how to be part of the we, not be so Mm -hmm. fixated. You preach it. on On yourself all the time right? Expecting the world to change. If other people would only behave the way we want them to behave. It's right there in the big book uh, of Alcoholics Anonymous, pages 60 to 64. It talks all about the actor on the stage. If everyone else would just follow the directions and play the part we've assigned them, then I'll be happy. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's any different than that. And I think the trigger stuff, I think it comes from therapy. Um, And now we have this um, marriage of people coming from rehabs and therapy driven um, recovery 
coming into AA, and they're used to that kind of language, and they're used to this oversensitivity. I feel safe. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to, like, patronize people, but... You we felt have... safe when you were out there fucking doing lines of coke and pounding back 40 ounces mm-hmm. and getting God knows what shoved who knows where. Mm-hmm. We but... have friends who are police officers who lament the I don't feel safe thing, like soon as a police officer comes near them I don't feel safe I don't feel safe and they're like well then you shouldn't have been a fucking idiot that's right <laughs> that's right other people shouldn't don't feel safe crime. around here you and that's why we're taking you in yes oh, that's a whole other top ca- podcast too I hate that when I see a police officer trying to arrest someone who's been wreaking havoc somewhere um like drunk and disorderly or whatever and then they're resisting arrest and what does the public do they get on top of the officer and try to stop them from mm. arresting this person you should automatically be arrested in mm-hmm. a situ- in a situation like that. Obstructing justice. Yeah, it annoys me to no end. Um, yeah, so trigger warning. I just think it's uh, people being oversensitive. And and guess what? If we keep coddling that type of behavior, you're not going to get well. You're not going to learn how to be okay in the world. I can't avoid things that trigger me. I have to learn how to go mm-hmm. through them. I have to talk about them. That's what therapy is for. You know, you go to a therapist and you learn how to deal with those things. You can't just go around avoiding everything. You're never going to be able to leave your house. Yeah. Um, and I think at AA meetings, we're fairly sensitive to certain things. Like, Absolutely. I don't get up and go blow, blow by blow about a rape or molestation. I yeah. mention that I had childhood trauma, that molestation was part of or mm-hmm. whatever. I mention that. Uh, and the reason I always say this and the reason that I'm mentioning it is so that you're, if you're sitting out there in that chair and your thought is, well, you'd drink and do drugs if what had happened to me happened to you. Now you've heard, hey, it happened to me. And guess what? Yeah. I'm fucking sober. So I think don't use that as an excuse. Trigger warnings should be used when something is explicit, like you said. I remember a guy at an AA meeting talking about how he put a gun to his girlfriend's head one night and I... And then, you know, 10 minutes later, he threw her down the stairs and smashed her skull. And I thought, the way to say that is I was really violent against my former partner. And Mm. it's something that I've had to make amends for. So just like you said, you wouldn't go into details of rape or molestation. You can still mention it in a way that's appropriate for the environment. And that's also why we need good sponsorship. Because when we come in, we may not know that you don't say those things. Yeah. Like I have counseled many a woman not to talk specifically about um, details of sexual uh, violence when she's in a room with men, just for her own protection. Right. And for the protection of the people in the meeting. Mm-hmm. But like let it fly at a woman, women's meeting as long as it's in context. Yeah. Like we, one of our other topics tonight possibly was, um, is AA group therapy. It's okay. different. So Let's know what to bring to a therapist's office and know what to bring to their rooms. Okay, so what's the difference? All right. Do you want to talk about it now or in the next podcast? I think if we, let's finish with triggers because we're, we're 15 minutes And in. end it out with the New Year's resolution oh, slash right. life choices, which I think is apropos since that's what we were going to talk about. <laughs> and you have some really good wisdom around that. All right. Um, I was just thinking about... Um, yeah, so triggers, I guess we'll finish with triggers are bullshit, <laughs> in our opinion. Yeah. And like we always say, these are our thoughts and opinion, opinions, Julie and Lisa. Uh, we don't represent Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. We're just two sober chicks ch- talking about recovery. So yeah. um, Triggers is- are our own responsibility. 
Yeah. A trigger is something I expect to see, a trigger warning or a rating, maybe at the front of something that's going to be horrifically violent. But if it has yeah. an R rating, then I know that it's going to be a little bit spicy. Yeah. You know, um, I remember when, what was it, 13 Reasons Why? Is that that yeah. Netflix? Mm-hmm. I thought that was an amazing show and very well done. And then they talked about how maybe it shouldn't have been out there because it incited kids to commit suicide. I don't believe that that's the case. I believe that it opened up dialogue and it was Mm. a fantastic and a wonderfully well-written show and it got people talking about it, Mm -hmm. which is what should happen. People should be talking about suicide and asking that question and not being afraid to talk to your kids about suicide. You know, um, that's really important. Never talking about it. That would have been a great thing to watch with your kids Mm -hmm. and then talk about it after each episode. Um, that's my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, so yes, New Year's resolutions. I don't make them. Okay. You did something which I thought was beautiful, and I hope to do that. I still haven't done it yet. And you talked about how every year you go back through your calendar. Mm. So tell us about so, that. So first of all, at the, be- at the end of one year, I pray for God to give me a word for my upcoming year, as well as the amount of my year-end offering at my church. And so that's like a New Year's practice for me. This year he gave it to me early in September. Um, I refer to my higher power as God and he happens to be male. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I always start the next year already with a word in my mind. And some years it's been love or mercy or grace. This year is power. So I've been very excited about this, this um, word and this year. So far so good. But usually on New Year's night, what I do is I'm a calendar girl. Like I'm a schedule girl. So I will go over my schedule of the whole year and look at what I did. Mm -hmm. You know, what was someone baptized? Did I have a birthday? What conferences did I go to? Did I go to concerts? Did I speak somewhere? Did I volunteer in another place? And when I look back over the year, I'm always astonished at how amazing the year was and I'll write down stuff like went through a breakup had a bout of depression in the case of this year it was had a nervous breakdown at the beginning of December (laughs) um and it just gives me a really good perspective because I feel like at the end of every year everyone's like fuck you 2019 bring it 2020 yeah and it's like does life really work like that And it takes me a couple of hours to do it. And then I just feel like so grateful of the abundance of the year. I went through and the lessons I learned in very difficult ways. Yeah. Um, 2019 was just a year for me. It was just a year like any other year with ups and downs and heartaches and joys and difficult moments. And uh, I don't think it should go fuck itself. It just was what it was. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was thinking a lot about I haven't done New Year's resolutions in a long time. Um, it used to be one of those, you know, pity party things, mm-hmm. those poor me things where I would do the same thing when I was drinking on New Year's Eve and think, oh, I hope this year's better. And, you know, there used to be a thing like you, the person that you kiss on New Year's Eve is the person you're going to be with oh, for the rest of the year. Oh, bless your heart. That's and, so sweet. And then if you're alone on New Year's Eve, it's like, oh my God, I'm going to be alone for another oh. year. So I don't do those things anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's just self-preservation. That's one of those gifts of taking care of myself and having a better frame of mind. Uh, so I was thinking about the difference between a New Year's resolution and what I do today, which is I try to make better daily choices, not year-long choices, because I can't, I don't prognosticate the future. I don't know what's going to happen, but I can make a choice today. And like we were talking about with my decision last year to um, start a healthier lifestyle. And you did. So it was a 
a daily choice and it's still a daily choice of eating better, exercising. Um, I'm starting now to try to do some more daily readings and some, I do a lot more prayer than I ever did. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing. Um, yeah, so daily choices. Um, some days I'm going to be like, ugh, yeah, no, I'm just not feeling it today. Mm -hmm. But I get to the next day and it's like, okay, you did that yesterday. You don't get to do that today. That's good discipline. Yeah, I have to. And you know what, Julie? I have never been a person of discipline. It's been one of my weakest points. Like if they would ask me in an interview, what's your weakest point? I'd be like, well, I'm not very disciplined. Like I have to work super hard at trying to be disciplined because it's not something that come easy. I'm the person who bought three guitars because I couldn't learn how to play on the first one. <laughs> so I just thought it was the guitar. No, it's practice, Lisa. Um, I know. I think the first time I came over, I saw your guitars. I'm like, oh my God, you play guitars? And you're like, no. No. <laughs> That's a lot of guitars for someone who doesn't play I guitar. I know. Maybe someday. But right now I'm working on, yeah, the daily choice of exercise and eating better. So, And I think that's huge. And I hope that somebody else out there adapts that. Because for me, it really helped. You know, I don't have to look forward to a year of misery uh, because the 31st maybe wasn't super exciting or it didn't go the way I planned. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, what's today going to bring? And somebody taught me a long time ago, um, instead of telling people have a nice day, why don't you make a great day? Hmm. You know, make a great day. I used to say that when my kid was little, you know, make a great Aww, day. That's so cute. And uh, make good choices. <laughs> that was another thing. Slurp, slurp. Because <laughs> <laughs> mommy isn't. <laughs> Mommy's getting a home now. Um, yeah. So uh, make good choices and make a better day. That's my wish for everybody for 2020. That's One day at a time. Beautiful. You know, it goes perfectly with our program. That is very true. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year, everybody. And hopefully uh, there will be one of these a week. And if not a giant 20-minute podcast from Julie and I, you <laughs> might find a five-minute snippet called A Shot Glass of Recovery from either Julie or myself, mm -hmm. which we can each record at home alone, just thoughts that we're having, and we'll try to get at least something up. So we'll yeah. connect that way too. Sure thing. Because we do get emails from people after like three weeks or like four what weeks. The, it's so alcoholic, isn't it? We'll put out eight in a row and then go missing for six months. <laughs> <laughs> True. We will not be doing that. We promise you that we will not be doing that this year this year all right thanks for joining us i'm lisa i'm julie and this has been two silver chicks